You are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. Welcome to a special podcast series here at Echo Church. The COVID-19 virus is affecting all of our lives in a very real way, not just locally, but worldwide. For our own safety, we have been strongly recommended to stay at home. To help navigate these times and understand what we as the church and Christians could be doing to help each other and our surrounding communities, lead pastor Andy Cass sits down with Scott Scholl and shares what's been on his heart. Please continue to gather with us each Sunday at 10 a.m. where we will be streaming our services on YouTube and Facebook. Hey, I'm sitting here right now with the one and only Scott Scholl. Wow, what an intro. You are the man dog. (laughs) (laughs) So here's my thought. We're currently living in uncharted territories. It's kind of the term I've been using. I've never been here before. I've never seen anything like this before. I don't even know anybody who's been through what we're going through right now together. And I know that the vast majority of the people who are listening to what we're going to talk about next knows what's going around, you know, kind of going on around them. I want to take a moment for historical reasons and just kind of talk through what we're living through right now. Deal. Because I think there's a good chance that someone in the future might be our great grandkids that are listening and just want, they're interested to see how we navigate it through COVID-19. That's a super interesting idea. I'm in. Let's do it. So Scott Scholl, you are a financial advisor. I am. I am a pastor. (laughs) You are. (laughs) Pastor for life, baby. And uh, six months ago, you and I and a bunch of friends and new friends decided to start a church and we called it Echo Church. (laughs) Almost to the day six months ago. (laughs) And uh, last week... We canceled. No, we didn't cancel. Or we went online. We did. We had an online experience as opposed to an in-person experience. And that was exactly on the six-month anniversary of launch. We couldn't meet together because of a 250-person ban. And now from that point until now, the ban is now the most you're supposed to be in the same place with is 10 until next week when we can't be around our families. And there's a key word that's going on about social distancing. Thank you. I hate that word. Well, to put things in perspective, Andy and I got out of the tape measure. We are as far away as we've ever been while doing a podcast. We are six feet apart, give or take an inch or two, but we wanted to do what was right. We got out the Clorox wipes. We did all of the things you're supposed to do. So we're following all the rules. So I don't like this social distancing concept for a few reasons. What are those? Well, today, I don't, I don't mind our distance. Sure. I'm not sure if you brushed your teeth. Fortunately, I did. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We're moving good. on there. Nah, man, it's just like, dude, like, you know, we, I'm a lover, man. I'm not a hater. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I have definitely a side of me that is, is definitely introverted. How are you processing this emotionally? That's a great question. It's... uh your comment earlier about unprecedented, right? Uncharted waters. This is uh, this is a new experience, and I feel like new information is coming out constantly. 
And so we're trying to be smart, but also trying to be normal at the same time, which I think is the hardest balance. You know, when it was 250 people and restaurants were still open and they were closing college campuses and all the college bars were packed, I was like, well, it doesn't feel like we're solving much. And now we've gone down to a point where virtually every restaurant and coffee shop and all those things are closed. And I think one of the things I find most difficult right now or most challenging is that we as Americans don't like being told what to do. And we are being told repeatedly what to do and what not to do. And so honestly, I think for me, it has less to do with the limitations and more to do with the fact that there are any limitations. Like I don't stay at home more often, doesn't kill me. All these different things aren't what does it. But for some reason, the psyche, like the mental part of being told you can't do this thing and you can't do this thing. We have had, for my wife and I, we had three trips canceled. Some professional, some personal, but three trips canceled and a concert canceled and just all these things that we're just not used to hearing no and now all of a sudden we're being told no all the time so i have as well had three trips canceled and i don't really ever travel <laughs> i just coughed and oh, then no. gotta wipe it all down again <laughs> but let's talk about that i mean right now what a social experiment you know like if you cough in public and I just coughed on the podcast. I mean, I no one's going to even want to look at me. People just turned off the podcast. As soon as they heard that cough, they're like, nope, not listening. That's it. Oh, man. But so, you know, where do we go from here? I uh, The social distancing thing and more of a serious and biblical side of this, I struggle with it. I agree. At the same time, I respect what's being said. Yep. But Jesus, when he was here... In the past, I've had and taken some extreme study and notes on how Jesus would walk into scenarios and he would touch everything unclean. Like that was a huge deal in Jesus's time. Absolutely. That if you were to touch some, someone or they would touch you that had a bleeding disorder. Yeah, like the woman. Yeah. You were deemed unclean. If you were to touch someone with a skin disease you were just as unclean as they were. And they were ostracized to the end, to the, the outside of the society. Mm -hmm. And so, although I understand in wisdom and practicality the reason why social distancing is happening, I have begun to prepare my heart as a follower of Christ to begin to walk into scenarios that are unclean. That's powerful. You know, we on the weekends routinely mention the idea of we're not supposed to do life alone, right? The Bible says don't, don't forsake the assembly of the believers, right? Don't minimize the value of us being together in worship and in service and in being the church. And we have been forced to take a step back from what most people would consider church. And I appreciate what you said in terms of respecting the authority, respecting the people that are telling us, hey, be smart, do this, don't do that. But it's interesting because it feels like you're also saying, but you're willing or you're considering a scenario where maybe you'd be willing to go outside some of those boundaries. Is that kind of how you feel? I mean, we don't really know where this is going to go. Fair. We have no idea. You know, we're in Rochester, Minnesota, Mayo Clinic is ramping up. I just saw a post from one of our nurse friends that says, after, you know, one day after another, they're becoming 
more prepared. Mm-hmm. They are more prepared. Every day, yes. And I really like seeing that. I agree. That was pretty inspiring, actually. Which, by the way, man, I can feel my inner eight beginning to roar. You know, it. like I'm like, yes, you I know. Love it. So I guess what I'm saying is Mayo Clinic, and specifically in our current scenario and our context, Mayo Clinic employs 60 to 70,000 people, right? In a roundabout way. Not all of them are employed by them, but by uh, the simple fact of doing business with them. Somewhere between one in three and one in four people in the community. Exactly. Yes. So there are tons of people who are, are able to work at home and they're feeling comfortable and safe. But think about it. We made a really strong statement of like, we want to support our first responders. Mm-hmm. But if you start really thinking about what's beyond them, there are more than nurses and doctors and nurse practitioners and x-ray techs, like custodians. It's good. And there are people who are entering into or those facilities and they're putting their life potentially at risk. And so I guess I'm, I'm saying all this to say this. I sense that if this gets really bad, there are going to be people who aren't going to be comfortable in continuing to work and how they have worked because they're too much at risk. Okay. So I'm just like, I'm wondering, is Mayo at one point going to be putting it on, you know, the digital reality that, that references for Cordy? He loves that, that term that I coined on our very first online service. Because we're all living in your digital world. Yeah, God help us. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, you know, if if there needs to be people that might help in a potential unclean scenario, I just might raise my hand. Just as somebody who knows you and is on this side of the table, I don't think that shocks anybody. (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't think, I know it's probably powerful on your end to say that, but as somebody over here, I just think, that aligns with kind of who you are. And the other thing about it is my wife and I had a conversation last night. You and I had a conversation today. The idea of living a life that's scared doesn't feel right. But the idea at this moment of living a life that's reckless Hmm. doesn't feel right either. Hmm. And so for me personally, finding the balance in that, I'm excited to hear you say that purely because I think, I think it's the interesting times, right? The unprecedented times, the uh, uncharted waters that God can do some really cool, really big things. And as somebody who probably most likely will have to stay on the sidelines from a health standpoint, I'm proud of people that are, I mean, there's people that we talk about Isaac, right? Our neighbor who's a firefighter. One thing about firefighters is the fires burn and we all run out and they run in. Mm -hmm. And now we have people that everybody on the planet's trying to stay home and everybody on the planet's trying to stay away from people. And we know a lot of people that are walking into the fire every day. Yep. Those nurses, those doctors. But I love your comment about the custodians and the pharmacy techs and all these things that are not, maybe they aren't talked about quite as much, but man, there are a lot of people doing a lot of heroic things right now. Yeah. And, and I, I love that we're having this discussion because I'm extremely aware that because of your own health risks that you won't respond to this scenario as other people might. And I have so much grace and understanding, but I also look across the table and know that you have so much, you have such a different thing to offer the world. You know, I mean, there's foot soldiers and then there's pilots, you know, it's just, there's a reality sure. in, in war, you know, and I'm not saying we're at war, but kind of feels like it, right? That's been the most, I think that's the easiest correlation if you look in history, is countries that are at war is kind of how it feels right now when you think about things like quarantining and all this stuff. I mean, it's 
that's a fair comparison, I think. Mm-hmm. I know what the Spirit has been saying to me, and I've been having conversations with my wife, and we've been praying about this and thinking about it, and so I'm prepared to potentially make some hard decisions. And and is that trying to like pump up my my reputation? Right. But the way I read Scripture, like I had mentioned, I see Jesus walking into scenarios that are unclean, and I like how you use the word reckless, reckless at the right times. Sure. I've been listening to other pastors, obviously, and and kind of gleaning some wisdom from them and just kind of like gauging how they're responding to this. And uh, what I'm hearing and I've been hearing in the last few weeks as people are just trying to coach how to respond to this, this epidemic is like, hey, you know what? Christians have navigated through epidemics in the past. And one particular scenario was the new church. And there was an epidemic. There was a fire and, and people were getting sick and and the Christians were being persecuted and, and You're so talking they, like acts. Yeah, acts yep. and beyond. Yep. Really, you know, within the first hundred years or so sure. of history beyond Jesus. And there's one particular time where there's a, a plague or an epidemic of sickness and it was getting so bad that parents would even throw their own kids out if they showed any sign of sickness. Mm. And what Christians did, even though they were ostracized, I mean, they were already kind of on the fringe of society, right? And being martyred and, and marginalized. They would take those kids, even though they were, they were sick, and they would adopt them. That's powerful. And after that epidemic is when Christianity became way more acceptable, and it actually became the prominent religion of that day. That's when the pagan faith and thought plummeted and Christianity arose. That's amazing. And I think this is that, I mean, we're in that type of time that we as Christians, how are we going to respond to this? And I am not suggesting that everybody needs to go to the front. Sure. But what I am suggesting is this, is everybody needs to get on their knees and begin to pray and ask God, what about me, Lord? Thank you for joining us as we continue to be the church during this time of many unknowns. Pastor Andy raises great questions as well as gives us practical steps we can take even as we physically distance ourselves from one another. What can we do or say to our friends and family even if we don't have the answers? How can we be a light and instill positivity to those on social media or through text messages and our phone calls to one another? We want you to remember that Echo Church is here for you. So please feel free to reach out via Instagram, Facebook, and or shoot us an email. Hey at wearetheecho.church. This episode was produced and mixed by Just Hit Publish Productions.